You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello, everybody out there. What is going on? We are Mike and Kristen, and we are excited to be here. Have you listening to our podcast through your headphones, through your speakers, through your Bluetooth, through your computers, whatever you listen to? We're just happy that you're here. You know, we 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 love you all. Well, this is a very excitable introduction. I'm excited. What are you feeling jazzed up about today? Well. We're recording this, but when this airs, we're going to be in Chicago. Yes. So as I say this, Chicago, Chicago, we're actually in Chicago. I feel like it's time that we took a little vacation. Vacation from everything. <laughs> Everything's good, though. <laughs> yeah. And uh, do you think we're the few people that enjoy vacationing in a big city? No, I'd say people like to... A whole whole wide list of things people look look for. I do enjoy going to a beach to relax, don't get me wrong, but I prefer something with a bit of activity and stimulus. So we've never been to Chicago, and we've got this amazing itinerary. We're f- going to be flat out in the middle of it we're gonna when this see, airs. We're going to see the National perform. It's so cool because we talked about going to Chicago for a while and then discovered that one of our favorite bands just so happened to be playing yeah. during that time frame. We'd be there. so And uh, it's in this tiny theater, which is all the more intimate. Auditorium theater. It looks really nice. Yeah. And we're going to go to get some deep dish pizza because you have to. That's you where have it to. comes from. We tried to get Cubs tickets, but they're out of town. So we're going to the sketchier Younger Brothers baseball team instead. The White Sox. To the White Sox game. This is the plan anyways. We were told not to go to White Sox games, yeah. but uh, I don't care. Like, they said it was a little stabby. No, But people say fine. things like that, and it's like, we've been to Columbia and hitchhiked, so I yeah. think we'll be okay. But maybe that's being too confident. I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just believe in the good people of Chicago. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know that you'll see us walking down the street. Oh, it looks Mike and Kristen. I got the podcast. It was number 54 in arts podcast in the world two weeks ago. <laughs> we'll just be busy signing autographs. Though, yeah. Right? <laughs> we got to look up our listenership in Chicago, see if we got any, any buds there. We'll scatter around some of our business cards, perhaps. But speaking of chart toppers... We've we got have uh, kids losing sleep. Yeah, today. super cool guys. I I hadn't met these uh, Owen and Jared from Kids Losing Sleep before, so it was really fun getting to know them and about their music and their process and some recent changes they've gone through as a band and personally. It was just a really great chat. Yeah, they they've got some great tunes, a lot of energy in their performances. They're all really good musicians. And just in the exchanges with them in terms of like booking this podcast, they were really professional. Just everything was done in a, you know, a lot of time younger people get, uh, pe- people have these stereotypes of young people because they are a bit younger than us, but they were like super professional and really, really on the ball. I felt like their life perspective too was very mature and 
they certainly shared perspective that maybe was unexpected. Yeah, it was great to get to, to know them. Owen's been here a few times recording with Burry, so I, I've tracked his guitar playing. He's a great guitar player. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'd never really got to chat for, for that extended period of time. And so it was, yeah, just getting that deeper level of connection and getting to know some people and their, their life stories is, is pretty cool. A story they shared after we finished recording was about how they met and after they shared that story we said maybe we'll talk about that in the <laughs> yeah. introduction of the episode so quick overcap of that story they did meet at NSCC and Jared was already a student there and Owen had started at Dalhousie University in a different program and kind of realized in music in music but, yes yeah. and realized oh, this isn't really for me and he'd heard good things about NSCC and actually transferred to that college a few weeks in and his first day of school they were writing this big test and he kind of waltzes in finishes the test in like 10 minutes before everybody else before everyone else so they're looking at him like who's this guy who does he think he is (laughs) and not only did he ace the test but they ended up being not only like yeah lifelong friends and bandmates bandmates. yeah (laughs) made a funny first impression but it ended up being a good thing yeah it's uh Really nice to get to, to know them and, you know, see a, a young group of musicians really pushing things. And they have a release show coming up on June 9th at the Seahorse. So we've included that link to buy tickets in the show notes if you want to have a look. And that show was to celebrate your birthday. It, they did promise they'd sing happy birthday to me. And it's Jared's dad's birthday, too. So I guess yeah. I guess it's for him also. I'll say it's for you. Okay. That's where I'm taking you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, folks, let's dive into it. Kids losing sleep, Owen and Jared. Let's do it. I don't know, it can be be risky going out there. Like, if you're trying to build an audience by touring, it can be a challenge. Oh, it's super hard. Well, especially, like... I find where we're like kind of geographically challenged in a lot of yeah. ways too, being like just so far removed where our scene becomes very isolated in a lot of ways, which is also awesome. So it's like yeah. super tight knit and everybody like knows everybody and that kind of stuff. But it can be hard to link up with a band maybe from outside of our tight scene who wants to still have some kind of exchange. Cause like in my experience, having done that kind of stuff before, it's always been like, a band from Nova Scotia or a band from the East Coast links up with a band from Toronto or something like yeah. that. And then maybe we swap some dates and we'll yeah. book some East Coast shows and they book some Ontario shows and we kind of do the whole thing together. That seems to be happening a lot less uh. right now. Or maybe that is just like pre-pandemic kind of thing that has just changed a lot <laughs> between now and then. But like even just having like just kind of started to put some feelers out there for those kinds of things. And I like sent a bunch of messages to bands like that and were like, and just hear nothing back, <laughs> which is to, which yes. is to be totally expected. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been a, it's a little trickier seemingly to, to like kind of just get a, a commonality between like the local scenes yeah. going on, which like when I first started playing music, like when I was like 14, 15, and I was playing like a lot more in like the hardcore scene and the punk scene, there was so, so much of that going on and i do see it maybe it's maybe that's just more specific to the punk scene and that's just where i came from because i do see like some hardcore bands in halifax have been doing that a bit more recently like there's some bands from ottawa coming to play with halifax bands and switching it up and that kind of thing 
which is awesome. Um, but yeah, so it is, it's a little trickier seemingly for us to like get out there and, and make it happen. But, uh, I don't know. Do you think people are just a little bit more hesitant to tour now because of the pandemic? Definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) Realize, okay, I can, I can play a zoom show and maybe make the same (laughs) amount as if I drove to Fredericton. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that kind of extends to, to just like the live concert industry in general in a lot of ways that like people still want to go to see like big shows and stuff like that but as far as like smaller bands making their living on touring like club shows and stuff like that like i think that is harder than ever to do especially just with like social media being as prevalent as ever and everybody knows that but like you can spend less or just as much money on video content that's gonna potentially get out to way more people faster yeah But I think that like everybody makes that argument these days for being like, you got to focus on video, you got to focus on content. And that's all true. But like, at least for us anyway, like we're still a super, super live oriented band. Like when we play shows is when we like, I think personally get the most excited in a lot of ways. We get, we love being in the studio too, but like that's when we often get our our highest quantities of like positive feedback yeah. as well as like right after a show and people who are equally as excited as we are come up and we're like that was the best thing ever and like that's our bread and butter so like getting back out on the road and stuff is like pretty key for us i think or we we just want to do that because yeah, that's what we like it. to do yeah and like you're saying everyone's saying focus on content creation but everybody's doing that, so it <laughs> makes it challenging when every single band is creating a bunch of videos, doing online performances, and it's uh, you're competing with the masses. And it's like yeah. almost just kind of going, maybe not quite yet, but I could see it potentially going full circle like almost everything seems to do these days where it's, you know, the content creation video digital market is already so, 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 so flooded with like, a lot of just like cookie cutter stuff or people like doing what they think is going to be successful for the algorithm or whatever. And they're thinking algorithmically instead of creatively or whatever. And that's already, you know, I see a lot of people think like saying that they think they find that really stale or becoming pretty like oversaturated already. So I think that's already starting to come back full circle a little bit of like, a really high energy punk band playing in basements being what people get really excited about. You know, like there's a like there's a band that I've been working with a lot in Halifax called Customer Service who yeah. are doing exactly that. Like they're in the college scene playing house shows. They just booked their own tour out to Ontario and they're just like hungry for young dudes who want to go play as many shows as they can play. And every time I've gone to see them in Halifax, uh 25 plus college kids roll up dance their ass off and then leave when they're done playing so that's like you know then they're like they do you know they post on instagram and they have video content but like that's not what is pulling their crowd like their their vibe that they give off as four energetic young dudes playing punk music is what is getting people excited about that band and I think that's been working really well for them so far. So I think like we're already maybe starting to see that kind of come around a little bit. 
um, yeah, which has just been really interesting. And working with those guys has been really exciting because of that. Man, just to nerd out about customer service a little bit more too. It's really nice to <laughs> see my boys. It's, it's sick to see. And I'm like not nearly as close to them as like own because I haven't like worked with them. We just played a yeah, show well, with we're them. We're making a record like, together right now. Okay, got so, to know yeah. them, but I like don't. I'm not like close to them or anything. But I see them around a lot, and I always see them out. As a band, it's like I see three of them or I see the four of them out at the bar or yeah. out at a show and it's it just feels good because <laughs> yeah. we get that same feeling. Like we're always saying like we're like a band, we're all best friends. It's like we're both of those things at the yeah. same time. Like we hang out. Yeah. Those guys are clearly that too. Oh, they those guys are clearly yeah. best fucking friends. All four of them yeah. live in a house together, which is like the fucking dream, you know? Yeah. Sorry, can we swear on this? Yes. I, I should have sure, asked beforehand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like living with the whole band in the same house, like that's the dream. But yeah, you know, we used to get that too. Like when we first started our band, the four of us would go out to places. And I remember even like Jeff Pino used to book the seahorse would be like, a couple of us would roll up and be like, how many, how many do I got tonight? And like all four of us would be there. Three of us would be there. But like going out as a band and being part of the scene as a unit is like, I don't know, that's really important to us, I think. And it's like. It's a, it's still, that's a part of your band's like image and stuff too. It's not just you like when, how you conduct yourself on stage and when you're at your shows, but like, like I mentioned earlier, our scene's pretty tight knit. There's not a lot of bands. So even if we're going to see our homies play and like the three of us are going to roll up together as a unit, like that matters to us. We want to like, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily about like how we look and how we're perceived or whatever, but like rolling up as a unit and like just hanging out as a band is like a really big part of what we do you know yeah i want to talk about the chemistry here in the relationship aspect but i first want to go back because we talked a lot about the difference between how maybe you were creating during a pandemic and being separate and this virtual world versus being on tour because it sounds like there's two different potential benefits happening here so there's pros and cons to being at home and having that, like, I don't have to drive to Fredericton. It's good, <laughs> always a good example. Maybe not having to drive to Fredericton. Mm. But you're also describing, like, this is what gives us energy. This is what the audience comes out for. So, Jared, I'll ask you, like, how do you, how would you find the difference between those two worlds? And do you have a preference? Like, were you kind of cozied in at home this was a bit of a break. This was a positive thing. Focus on content creation. Or are you like, get me out of here. I need to be in front of people and soak in that energy. I was very much get me out of here. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the first little bit of, of all that uh, nonsense was like the one of the worst periods <laughs> of my life. It felt like <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, man, everything's ruin <laughs> um everything. everything it was it really did feel like everything for a while yeah. um and we eventually we got to a place where uh since none of us were working it like after about three months of like hell and everyone being like is the world over um it finally came out to being like oh this is what we've been waiting for None of us are working. None of us have day jobs. Mm. We can just make music all day. So at the time, the four of us all went down to the valley and just stayed together in a house and wrote a bunch of songs and just tracked a bunch of demos and just created a bunch of new material. Yeah, fucking dream, like I mentioned. That's, <laughs> yeah. We never got to do that yeah. before. So. <laughs> and at that point, I had a little switch because I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, like I could 
I could keep doing this. Like this, <laughs> this part is this part's great. The serve uh, is rolling in. Yeah. The yeah. is rolling in. It, it was the summer at the time when yeah, we went it was, to do that. It was glorious. And then fall came, and we all went back to work. <laughs> but the touring and the shows didn't come back yeah. instantly, and it was like ah. Oh. Yeah, and I think (laughs) that's where it kind of, like, it really started to set in as far as, like, we need to approach a lot of things differently than we had been before that, especially as far as creating goes. There was a big big moment of, like, oh, okay, things are different now. It's not like this is, like, a a temporary thing, and it's like things are going to go back to normal. It was like things did change. It's a different scene. It's a different industry. We're doing something different now than we were doing before for like for better or worse. Right. It's like just you got to kind of live with it, um, which, you know, adapt or die. Right. <laughs> for real, man. Yeah. yeah. Sink or swim. It was an interesting time. And I'm, I'm thinking of Mike as an example because we were chacked up together. And it was one of the most prolific periods of his life as a creative person. Yeah. Like you put out a hundred albums and wrote a book (laughs) and, you know, had live performances, isolation, bingo, all this kind of stuff was going on, but it can be very hard to impose that upon yourself. Mm -hmm. So taking a break and just letting yourself, and I know we spoke very briefly before we turned the mics on that you've recently gone through a little bit of a recalibration. So did you feel yourself needing that or was it imposed in the way that the pandemic was? I think at the time when the pandemic happened, it was imposed, I I think, that, you know, we had been going really strong up until that point. Like the four of us at the time had a really like we had kind of settled into our kind of first draft of what our kind of band operated like. And we were kind of that was working well for us at the time. So when the pandemic first happened, it was definitely imposed. But then we kind of adapted and kind of made it work for us, like Jared said. Um, but then when we went back to work and life kind of settled in to that, like, OK, this is how just life is now. And we need to kind of just like take a, a step back and look. Then it was kind of the opposite. Or that was when I think we started going through that for a few months. And that was when we kind of first hit one of our first big walls as a band, I think. And things kind of slowed down or we weren't communicating as well. And, you know, we had some band meetings over that. And I think that was when we really, like, kind of figured out the dynamic of, like, if our relationships aren't working and our friendships aren't working, then this band isn't working. And the pandemic played, like, a huge part in that because we couldn't be together all the time, which we were so used to doing, especially then. So at that point was when we did start to feel that, okay, we do need to kind of hit a reset button here or maybe something needs to change so it was yeah it was kind of a little bit of both going through that whole process i think and that lasted for like a year and a half <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> like lengthy. the whole second part of the pandemic basically up until like the end of last year was kind of when that phase ended and so that was like why now we're kind of talking about this new kind of era of the band kind of really just getting started right now because that like last kind of year and a half was a big kind of gray area for us in a lot of ways where we weren't releasing as much music as we wanted to or that we had in the like two years before that and shows were like coming back but they still weren't necessarily like 
as full force as maybe they were before. And in that year of not playing shows, a lot had changed for us, like in our personal relationships and stuff. So that really like affected how we were like rehearsing as a band and writing and those kinds of things too. So that's why it's like, Ne- only now do we really feel like we're kind of like, all right, we're on the other side of that and we know what we're doing again, which yeah. is cool. <laughs> and I feel like it's necessary to go through some type of adversity to get, to figure out these parts of yourself and who you are as a group. And you spoke a lot about camaraderie and like you said, you, you have always been a unit and, and you were a four-piece band for the longest time, and now you're a three-piece band playing with a sessional musician, I guess, at live shows. Yeah. But the camaraderie is still there between you all. And yeah. Talk a little bit about that transition, because that's kind of what you're referencing. Yeah, that there. is kind yeah. of yeah what I'm getting at in a lot of ways, is that, like, yeah, coming out of the pandemic there and, like, settling back in is really, I think, where we started to, like, the three of us who are still playing together really started to feel like we weren't all on the same page yeah. and that kind of thing. And that was the most important thing at the end of the day is like, yeah, the band wasn't working if the friendships weren't working. Yeah. And it got to a point where like the friendships were like really not working or were like borderline non-existent in between yeah. certain people. Well, and it's, <laughs> and they get, it gets exponentially worse because the, the friendships kind of grading on each other makes the band a nightmare. Cause yeah. like if, when we're all friends and it's like, we're working on stuff, it all feels good. Right. But when you're like really grinding up with someone, you're like butting heads and then you got to like get to work. <laughs> yeah. it, it never feels yeah, good and it's never fruitful. You're no, just like exactly. making shit. And well, there's like, there's a flow that exists for us when, when it's all working, because then it, it literally goes from like, we're hanging out, shooting the shit and then we're working on stuff and we're getting creative. And it's like, it's all kind of one, like us hanging out and being friends and doing our thing is also us doing band work when we need to do it. Yeah. And you know, especially where content creation is more important than ever, like making, you know, the difference between like, all right, let's hook up. We'll have some coffees and we'll chill out for a bit. All right. Now we got to hop into gear. Let's make some videos or whatever. And if you're not all getting along, that is just a fucking nightmare, you know, or just yeah. like, it's not even that it's a nightmare. It's just like, it's so it in your head, it becomes so much harder to do, even though it seems like such a small task. And I think that's where we were like really starting to feel that a change needed to be made is that like trying to do almost anything or like became a, a big discussion or an argument or it just wouldn't happen because nobody was willing to get off their ass and face the conflict that was there or whatever. But like, yeah, getting through band work was just wasn't happening if like if there was just like a personal issue that needed to be dealt with outside of the band yeah. but where the band and our friendships are the same thing that just like wasn't really happening you know uh-huh and we were all just like we're like dug in so deep where like and like we were and still are but that we all like cared so much about this band and we were all like faced with this like is this like not working like if we're trying to do stuff 
and stuff's not happening yeah is like this not actually working anymore and it's like with something we all care about so much that's like a pretty scary <laughs> scary yeah. question and to like and that includes ask. the person who's not in the band anymore it's not like yeah. he didn't give a shit about the band cuz he did and still does like yeah you know and but yeah like and i think yeah coming to that idea of like all four of us still love this and we all still love each other but maybe something needs to change here. And like, that's not necessarily like a really bad thing, you yeah. know? And I think now that has clearly been the case, like our bass player, Bryson, who's not in the band anymore, he moved to Toronto and yeah. he's like doing sound there. You know, he's all that's, and that's always what he's wanted to do. And that was a big part of the decisions that we made and stuff. It all ultimately just kind of came down to not being on the same page in a lot of ways that, you know, we all thought we had the same goals when we started the band. And I think we do in a lot of ways, but maybe how we wanted to get there yeah. was really different as we came to learn, I think, in the way that we operate just as people and the way that we, like, you know, interact with other people outside the band is all really different. And when we maybe didn't necessarily realize that was the case at the beginning. And so, yeah, it just took a long time of being like, okay just because this isn't working doesn't mean that we're not friends and it doesn't mean that like whatever doesn't mean we don't love this band and it doesn't mean that you don't care about the band or that we don't care about you just because we've made this decision that we need to carry on without you in the band or whatever like yeah it's it was never uh we don't like you and we don't want you in the band anymore it's like i think this is the best thing for everybody yeah. at the end of the day and i yeah. think at least from our side and i think bryson would agree that has been pretty that's been the case yeah. going forward it's so. like it's like any breakup really it takes yeah. a lot of courage to have that conversation it takes a lot of courage to make a big change in your life especially when it's something that means something to you all and often in any relationship it's not that you don't love each other anymore it's that this system isn't working for us it, it was truly yeah. that it's funny like you know we've all we've all been in relationships and we've all gone through breakups and stuff but as far as like that kind of idea like going through this lineup change in the band has felt more like that traditional breakup sense in my life anyway than any of my actual breakups of like in like romantic relationships you know <laughs> <laughs> like you know especially of like when that change first happened in the band in the way that like our friends and like fans of the band and people around us were like is everything cool or like what's going on here and we're like everything's fine like, it's all good. Like, you know, decisions have had to be made and everybody's doing their own thing now. But like, honestly, it's all good. Like, and I think, yeah, a lot of people maybe made a bigger deal out of it than we did at the time. But I think that's also the case with breakups and stuff, too. Yeah. It's just like, talk to that person, talk to me. It's like, we're cool. All our friends are freaking out, but we're cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was totally the case for us, I yeah. think. Like, and so what's the aftermath of this? How do you energetically feel amongst yourself as a three piece now? really good great yeah <laughs> yeah Brilliant. yeah we feel feel great and very much like like we were saying just kind of on the same page mm -hmm. like we all got the same kind of thing in our sights okay and what what does that mean to you do you mean creatively you're on the same page or maybe it's your values or where you live like what needed to be in unison um i think it's somewhere in like it's like values somewhere in there mm -hmm. um because it's like 
we're always talking about like it, like it's a vision, like it's a, like a goal. Like we all have the same kind of goals, but it's not exactly that. Um, or it's not like, like business goals. I you'd say more like creative. Yeah. It's like, we want the band to thrive creatively. We want our friendship to thrive creatively. And so we want the band to like succeed at that. So whether or not, you know, we get a bazillion streams or we're playing big stadiums or, you know, got a thousand streams and we're playing sick clubs. It's like, as long as the band is thriving, as long as we're all enjoying what we're doing and feeling good about what we're making, that's like priority number one. And that like leaves all the room to build because if you're just like feeling good playing a shitty club, you know, every step above step along the way is going to like feel better and better. So, yes, I love this. It's such a, in my opinion, it's such a mature way of looking at your creation of your art, your work, because, and especially like you were describing earlier, if there's conflict and then you're going out on stage to perform or you're trying to make like a funny video online, your audience is going to feel that or an intuitive audience is, but it's just, it's hard. It's really hard on your mental health to like force yourself into a state of mind that you're just not genuinely experiencing. So I'm really happy to hear that you're feeling, <laughs> you look great. You look really bright and happy. So Thanks. this is good. And yeah, it's reflected in the art that you're making and you're going to go out there and just kill it on your, on your live shows. Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I think that like, that was a big part of that learning process too. Like we all met in college, like going to school for music or music business or recording or whatever. Um, but we all met in that kind of streamlined. So when we came together as a band, like I think the initial idea was like, okay, let's like kind of come together, take what we've learned from the bands that we've been in, take what we learned from school and like, let's go do this shit. Like, let's, let's make this happen. And I think when we first started the band, you know, it's a, a naive thing that I think every new band starts when you start out. It's like, all right, we're going to write some songs and we're going to go on tour and we're going to play some fucking stadiums. And it's like, that's what I think, you know, that would still be sick. I would love to go play stadiums. That's awesome. Like, but over the years, yeah, that's definitely been a learning process of like, that's not actually what we want. I don't think, well, like it is if it happens and we do want to work towards making that happen. And I think that's a common misconception in a lot of musicians in particular and that like if you're the this uh, this attitude thing that like if you're not like actively like grinding to like play stadiums and you're not taking every day you're not doing something to push your band closer to playing that stadium then it's never going to happen and i don't necessarily believe that like i think there's a ton of bands that are I that are at that level and it just took them a long time of just being them and they slowly got bigger and bigger with every tour and every album and whatever and they did eventually get there even if they weren't like playing the game every day and grinding to get there I think there's lots of examples of that but I also think that like that's not necessarily like the definition of like success in this business is that like there's a lot of smaller mid-level band type things that are going to have potentially like more sustainable like careers on a long-term basis like if you can have a thousand people that buy every 
t-shirt you put out in every pre-order package you put out in every you know you throw your own festival and it sells out every time but maybe it's on a slightly smaller scale i think you're going to get more out of that on a long-term basis than like having a flash in the pan playing stadiums and i think like i don't think that's an a revolutionary idea but i do think that was like a big factor for us that like when we first started out we were trying to just like rise and grind and play the play the game and try to just like get further and further ahead to like getting bigger and whatever. And that's just like not really necessarily what we want. Like, yeah, we want to be a big band, but we just want our band to thrive at the end yeah. of the day. Like he said, like that is. Would rather be better than bigger. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you have specific goals? Like, okay, this year we're going to try to get nominated for something in five years. We want this, this, or are you just trying to be the best you can be and see where that takes you? More so the second one, I would say like we, yeah. we have goals as far as like, I think they're more creative goals yeah. as far as like, yeah. we want to release maybe this many songs or we want to take these songs that we really like and make them as good as they can possibly be and put them out in a reasonable amount of time. Uh -huh. Like those kinds of things are more, I think yeah. these days are more our kind of goals. Or like we want to elevate the live show. We want to like take it a step further, whether it's yeah. like uh, new lights or like a proper kind of light show or like stage props uh, yeah. or like or working you know different moments in the set or as far as yeah. whatever that looks like anything I don't know. like that anything a that mascot. can just take it a step yeah. further yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone in a fluffy mascot costume. what would your mascot be we're if now, you had one we are now taking applications uh, it would just be logan mckay it would just be <laughs> that's true we already what am i talking about we already have one yeah his name is logan and he's yeah. the best singer in any discussion <laughs> We have a very, very special sponsor of this episode that we both love dearly with all our hearts. The Rustic, Rustic Crust Pizza. Pizza! Yum, yum, yum. In Upper Tan Talon, Nova Scotia. These folks started off in a food truck and they now have a fully functioning restaurant. They've got a beer garden for the summertime. They get rent out for private events. They have everything there. Yeah, I can honestly say it's my favorite pizza in the world. Like, really? 10 out of 10, so delicious. It's my favorite spot to eat. And I play a lot of gigs there. They treat me like a god when I go there. They're so nice. It's hard to believe that a local pizza spot is such good supporters of the arts. They're also very supportive of community events. They have taken in a Ukrainian family. They're always giving to fundraising events. They're just amazing people across the board. And you have your art showcase there too. I've got art up there right now and I have to say I love their pizza as well of course but their Caesar salad is exceptional. Next level. The pizza is wood fired which makes it absolutely delicious and the tomatoes and flour are both from Italy. They've got an awesome collection of local craft beer and wine so you're sure to have a great drink to pair with your pizza. All of our guests that come to stay with us we bring them there for a meal. You can find this sweet little restaurant at 10 Sunny's Road in Upper Talon. They're open Tuesday to Sunday year round, and their website is therusticcrustpizzeria.com. Yeah, you should definitely check it out if you're in the area. You can go to the beer garden, you can go inside. It's a cool house converted into a restaurant. Great people doing great things that we truly are huge fans of. So check them out now. Rustic, Rustic crust, Rustic, Rustic crust. crust. How do you yeah. start a band? Hmm. 
Or how did your band start? Um, just have a couple of like best friends that you would do anything for who are like really like-minded and like approximately similar musical skill levels. Love it. Yeah, it's like, Such a good answer. <laughs> I like that you included musical skill levels because yeah. I think that's an underrated <laughs> factor. For real, that is an underrated factor. Yeah, it's very, it's very important. Which like, it's it's only important to like, it's only so important because like, you know, Owen's a way better guitar player than me. He can like fucking... So, like, I can't do any of that stuff. But, like, I don't think I'm a shitty guitar player, you know? No, not I'm at just all. not. That. I just can't do that. Um, and what, what do you think is your strength that you bring to the dynamic hmm. here? I mean, I, I'll speak on his behalf as far as <laughs> guitar playing goes, at the very least. Like, Jared's nice. guitar playing is like... I'm not letting him off the hook, no, by the way. Enough. He is answering about himself. But yes, you carry on <laughs> well, on behalf of your friend. His, his, well, just, I know it's hard to, especially when, like, for guitar players, I think, that, like, Jared's guitar playing is so unique to him that his parts, like, I write a lot of our, like, instrumental stuff, like, on my own and take it to the band. And when I'm, like, making a demo, I'll, like, put in a part and be like, this is kind of what Jared would play here, knowing kind of what he does. And then he'll just take it and be like, nah, this is my fucking Jared part. And just like kind of do what I did and just make it so much more him. And that makes it actually fit the song better than what I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> like, nice. <laughs> Thanks, pal. You're welcome. <laughs> so sweet. Um, the way, uh, I don't know if this is a good way to answer the question or not, but the way I uh, think about my like, the way I kind of do things in general, I think it applies to my like my guitar playing, my singing, and kind of whatever. Um, when I'm like drawing, mm -hmm. I'm the type of person that presses the pencil really hard on the paper. I like dent the paper with my pencil line, and I like really push and focus on that thing. And I don't know, I don't know kind of how well <laughs> that serves me. Again, how well this is answering your question, but I, I think, think you're doing that's a great job. that's very much the way my kind of strengths work are you saying you feel like you're intentional yeah okay yeah i don't uh, want to put words no in your that's mouth, actually but... a really good way to describe it because like his parts like once again guitar playing wise especially because that's how my brain works is that like are often very like simple in that regard but they serve a very specific purpose and as soon as they're not there the song like falls apart and so they are like super integral and intentional to like the way the songs come together. And I, myself, after playing for a long time now in different bands and writing in the studio, I think the most important thing is to be able to play something that suits the song. Like you could be technically superior to whatever someone else who's a guitar player, but if you're not playing a part that fits a song, it doesn't matter. Like yeah, you totally. have to know what the feel of that track is and what's trying to come across from it. Oh, and totally. when you lean into that, that's the only thing that matters. And, mm -hmm. and I guess that's talking about feel ultimately. Yeah. And sounds like you're a feel guy. Yeah. I do love me some, some feel. <laughs> I like your pencil, uh, pencil analogy. Though, Cause that is super yeah. true about like about your playing yeah. and your singing too. Yeah. I can. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, though. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I like I like how you described earlier that you kind of feel like you're in a second phase of the band now. But let's take this back even before phase one <laughs> to you two individually. 
Um, you grew up here. Yeah, eh? I grew up in Halifax. Halifax, yeah. and you, I'm a New Brunswick boy, New Brunswick. Saint Stephen, New Brunswick. Oh, okay, nice. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, Saint Stephen. I was thinking Saint Andrew. Um, close by. It's yep. close. Yep. Is it as nice? It's uh, some would say it's nicer oh, in the gee. summertime. Yeah. New Brunswick, it's a dismal beef. place in the wintertime. Yeah. Saint like Andrews, every- but <laughs> it's lovely in the summer. Um, no, St. Andrews is, St. Saint, Andrews and St. Stephen were always kind of very closely intermingled. Yeah. Uh, they were just, they're so geographically close. Yeah. Um, so as a St. Stephen kid, it was kind of like, St. Andrews was kind of the snobby place, the yeah. kind of artsy fartsy snobby town, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, and there was lots of kids from St. Andrews that went to school in St. Stephen. Okay. Because I think they didn't, they didn't offer French immersion in St. Andrews. So okay. they had, all the French immersion kids had to come to. Old St. Stephen. How did music come into your life in St. Stephen as a little boy? Uh, as a little boy, it came through my dad's radio, always yep. playing classic rock in oh, the garage, nice. cranked to 11 every single day. That still. Was, yeah, still. <laughs> what, still. What were the early classic rock bands you liked? Uh, ACDC, yeah. Kiss, Queen. Those would probably be the, the biggest ones so yeah. like, as like a... A little young lad. And so you're just hearing these songs on the radio and you're like, my dad likes them, so I have to like them. And uh, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's the way it is when you're super young. Yeah. There's a certain phase where you're like, my dad likes that. I'm not supposed to like it. Yeah. But when you're <laughs> still a Habs fan for that reason to this <laughs> yeah. day. Yeah. I'm a Leafs fan for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, how did you pick up an instrument? Um, that it was a uh, green day. That all yeah. goes to green day. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got into green day in like seventh or eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, something like that. The mandatory age to get yep. into green day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and I, um, I, uh, a good buddy of mine who I was like, just kind of getting closer and closer with. He was a little bit older than me. My buddy Hayden. Um, he was a good guitar player. Yeah. Um, he was only a little bit older, you know, he was pretty good at the time much better yeah. than I was obviously um and he had like he was just getting to the point where he was starting to like teach lessons and stuff yeah. to like younger kids and, and stuff um and so I was over at his place once and I was just kind of toying around on one of his guitars and then he just kind of offered to teach me he was like yeah I could like you know show you and I was like yeah I like I want to do that I told my mom I wanted to learn guitar and I told her I wanted to like get a guitar and she was like, are you sure? (laughs) And like my mom has always been like so, so supportive of me. Anything I do, like she's like, God, I love my mom. She's so, so supportive. Um, But she, she was very much like, I don't think this is going to be your, like, I don't think you're going to be into this. Like, I don't think this is going to stick. Um... Uh, but you showed uh, her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Here we are. laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, eventually convinced her, uh, got myself a little guitar, uh, and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Learned how to play all the green day songs and then, yeah, went from Was there. Was it school that brought you to Nova Scotia? Uh, yes. Yeah. So, um, my buddy Hayden, who I mentioned before, he, um, took the music business program at NSCC. So he moved to Halifax when I was in grade 11. Um, and I was like, what music business? What the hell is that? That's, That's a thing. Like, you can go to school yeah. for that. Um, and so he'd come back Christmas time and he like finished the year and, and tell me about it. And I was like, that sounds pretty cool. Um, and I didn't have a clue what I was going to do when I was in like later high school. Like I had 
no idea because I loved music, but I hadn't do- dove into the point where I was like, I'm going to like do this as like my life career. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I hadn't, I hadn't fully kind of found that spot yet. Were you playing in bands at this point in high school? Or? Yeah, I was, um, in like early high school, I was playing with my, my buddy Hayden and like uh, a buddy of his and like another friend, like his friend last name is Hayden and his first name is my buddy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The name is Hayden Weeb, the boy Hayden Weeb. But yeah. <laughs> my, my buddy um but yeah i was playing playing with him a lot uh and then when he moved away me and my like kind of like my like best friends from from back home uh we kind of started a like a cover band yeah um which i mean all these all the music i was playing was all covers at the time yeah um but uh yeah we started a band called the jaywalkers uh, and, uh, we just played kind of weird, like we tried to do, uh, covers that people would know. And then yeah. we would try to do covers that nobody <laughs> knew. <laughs> and that's uh, a good way to yeah. find success <laughs> in small towns, especially. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Um, but funny enough, we, uh, we played uh this song uh chocolate by the 1975 we played that at our our high school talent show um when i was in 11th grade and that song was like had was just kind of popping off amongst like (laughs) i don't know kids our age and stuff and it was like real kind of it was all exciting everyone was like oh this like song and we were never like i don't know popular kids or what you would say uh but after that we kind of were for a little bit it was like oh these guys are like kind of we also would wear suits and bow ties that was our like shtick (laughs) so we had a whole a whole band it was was a great thing yeah yeah (laughs) yeah it was fun but yeah we really got to like play up the being in a band thing yeah and i like i think about that kind of all the time when i'm like i don't know getting stoned thinking about this kind of like <laughs> esoteric band stuff that like i like started even though we were like playing these kind of just messy covers of random songs and stuff it was really about it being a band yeah. like these these two guys jasper and jake they were like my my boys <laughs> and we were even though we were just kind of playing these covers and stuff it's like we were making music together and we were a band um and so i've had that like band brotherhood thing like deeply instilled in me from like yeah like a pretty young age um especially when you're kind of growing together like you're you're mm -hmm. learning these things at the same time like this is a metronome what's a metronome (laughs) (laughs) like all these little things and you're you're kind of your chops are improving at the same time Uh and you're discovering bands together and you're going through these firsts like this is our first show this is the first time playing in front of people dancing like so Uh those things you can never take away from your your buddies there because you 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 did it together like it's Mm -hmm. it's something that's yeah you'll you'll always have too and again it's it's instilled that in you like it's like a sports team like you're totally you're you're working together to accomplish this greater goal and in music you're performing live sounds to Uh an audience and you have to work in unison and play off each other and whatever a hockey game is the same like you're working together to pass the puck to one another and try to shoot in the net but it's it's ultimately the same 
type of thing and it's this bonding that brings you closer together yeah. and you you go through you go through that first show together and you're intimately linked for the rest of your life uh-huh. so, yeah like it's does uh, that feeling i'm asking you mike because you've been at that we're in our 40s we're 40 not in our 40s <laughs> but we're older than you guys yeah. but does that feeling remain like in your experience well i don't think you can ever get the same feeling as those firsts like sure. probably in anything in life like the first time you drive a car is going to be different than the 10,000th time you drive but i think you you learn to appreciate things in different ways like it's again you can't you can't replicate the feeling of something the same each time and when i get on stage in front of a good audience and the energy is going back and forth we're feeding off them they're feeding off us and just keeps cycling like that is an amazing feeling and you can kind of create that similarly in different at different shows but it's never the exact same mm-hmm. and it's never going to be the same as the first time you played on stage i think it's just always changing a little bit and but the sense of camaraderie does that is it still relevant does it matter as well, much i think it's i think it's necessary mm-hmm. to be able to to be able to be on stage and create something together and i don't th- like friendship is all is obviously very important, and if you're best friends, it's it's awesome. But I think there's also a musical camaraderie that can exist. Oh, for sure. I yep. mean, I Big definitely time. think. I mean, that even I, I like for me goes like outside of like being in a band with people. Like I went on my first tour when I was 16, um, yeah. and playing in a hardcore band, and like we went on tour with this other band from Toronto. And we spent like two weeks together playing shows together every day and whatever. And those guys were all quite a bit older than me at the time too. But, and we've never played together since, but I still talk to some of those dudes like all the time or like when I go to Toronto, I like hit them up and like those kinds of experiences definitely do like, we don't talk all the time, but when I'm in Toronto and we hook up and it's like, it's just like we were on tour 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, and it is like really similar to that. So I think that does like, for me anyway, that totally does like last. And even, even like playing with someone, like you can have a musical connection with someone and like playing with say Tori on bass. Like I've played enough shows with her and rehearsed enough with her that I just kind of know her tendencies totally. And I know where she's going to go with a song or if I play a certain part, she's going to play off that or I'm going to play off her. And she's certainly a friend, but I'm not, I don't hang out with her every day, Uh but like musically, like I get her and she gets me and that, I think that's, yeah, there's a musical relationship outside of like a personal relationship. And you you need like to get on stage, you need to, to to have something that an audience can resonate with. I think you need to have that musical connection for sure. Absolutely. And a friend the friendship on top of that is probably a bonus as well. Well, that's something I find so interesting. I like, I find especially these days, like being in a band and we're such like a band, you know, we're really like a unit, like we've been talking about. But there's so, 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 so many bands these days where like all the members don't even live in the same city and they don't yes. like talk every day. 
and whatever and they you know they book a tour and they link up and they rehearse and then they go on tour and then they don't talk ever again for like a few months or whatever and like that concept is not something that we fuck with yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. at all we're just saying different strokes but it's yeah. just interesting to see i but, think uh, in those cases they're like probably very well rehearsed oh, as, for sure. as musicians and they get together and then quickly kind of snap like, back into place back, <laughs> again like sports like there's certain mm-hmm. there's a basketball player i don't know if you either you follow basketball but a guy named kevin durant oh, who's yeah. like really good player and a lot of really good players if you get say traded to a another team it takes a fair amount of time to gel together to figure yeah. out their tendencies to work that new player into yeah. what the team's already got going on mm. yeah like but he's a guy you can just put him anywhere at any time and he just figures it just out got it yeah. like he's just has a he can he can pick up on people's tendencies so quick totally. that he knows okay this guy's gonna be in this spot at this point in time because he often goes that way if there's a guy whatever however his mind totally. works but and musically the same thing like you play with someone for 30 seconds and if you're like in tune with i guess reading how someone else can work you know generally what what they might do yeah definitely mm -hmm. which i definitely find like you can tell if that's gonna work or not pretty quick yeah a lot of the time (laughs) yeah like if you just kind of walk into a room to just like jam with somebody for the first time and you just kind of you're improv or whatever and you're like just getting a jam going like, we used to do that when we were in college so, so, so much yeah. of, like, you know, classes over and a couple of us hang around and we just jam or whatever. And there were some people that you just love to jam with. Or when you're jamming and somebody walks into the room and you're like, yeah, come yeah. join us. Fuck yeah, let's go. And then there was There's the, the others. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you figure that out pretty quick. Put that and... saxophone away. <laughs> <laughs> but they might have another Put group that of people. <laughs> They might have a group of people where they all click. They, and that, and oh, yeah. They're like, oh, the oh, kids yeah. losing sleep, guys? Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm sure the people that we're thinking of probably feel that way about us, yeah. too. That, like, you know, we're not, like, shreddy-type, like, solo-all-the-time people. And those people are that. And, like, that's totally cool. Yeah, yeah sometimes those people are excellent musicians usually yeah. <laughs> oftentimes Often they are, they are. Yeah. yeah sometimes they're so too I'm excellent. going to buy a saxophone today true story <laughs> no way oh, just sick. wondering how I'm going to fit into this reception when I walk into Dude, a room awesome. <laughs> that's awesome that's so depends what type of player you are yeah, exactly no that's <laughs> actually so one. we do love we do love the saxophone I always, no, for real yeah. I always say that like because I you know I play a lot of instruments but sac- like horns and like woodwind instruments I have I know nothing about and that's like totally outside of my wheelhouse and if i could learn another instrument it would totally be the well, saxophone it's funny you say that because it's the very reason i did play alto sax in grade seven band nice. so i expect now i'll just pick it up and be brilliant of Definitely. course absolutely of yeah training yeah. in my past but i wanted to choose i've been looking for a sax for a couple of years and finally i just found one in kijiji it's like a student grade and i'm like i don't care like, yeah. i just want to get started here i've been waiting too long to find the, the perfect match but I wanted to choose an instrument that I wouldn't be comparing myself to everyone else. So mm. like Mike's tried to teach me a few oh. things on the guitar and immediately I was like, no, this is just not, I can already tell this is not my my jam here. Like totally. My fingers don't do the right thing. And But something like a saxophone, there are so few people, at least that I know, mm-hmm. that play it, yeah. that I can just do my own thing and yeah. feel like I'm not judging myself. Um, 
But I don't know. Maybe you'll see me on stage one day. That'd be so sick. <laughs> yeah, that's dope. <laughs> Come rip a solo. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, for real. That's that's awesome. We actually we were working on some demos and stuff not too long ago where we were like putting like a a synth thing in, or we were like maybe this should, you know what. Maybe this should be a sax solo. Maybe in these James I want to ask you how you came up with your band name, Kids oh. Losing Sleep. Who, who conceptualized this? And when you hit our I age, did. are you going to be Adults Losing Sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I actually have thought about that. About like, well, because I was recently listening to somebody talk about um, how there's like this big like pop punk renaissance going on right now. Like Blink-182 just got back together and all this stuff. Yeah. And how it's just like kind of funny that there's a bunch of like 40, 50-year-old dudes playing like pop punk about being 16. And, all, and I think that's fucking sick. I don't care. <laughs> but um, it, 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 I, have, I have had that thought. I don't know what the answer <laughs> is. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't, I, I, I don't think it's a problem. You're no, young, you're young young times, yeah. well, and I think, But and I do want to know how no, it came to totally. be. Totally. And I think the reason that it does and will work forever is that we are not the kids which is like a is a uh-huh. thing that ah, is often this. like put upon us when we like walk into a room and they're like hey kids and we're like right. no much like they're not the town heroes exactly <laughs> yeah exactly mm-hmm. so like so the the original concept for the idea came from a longer form thing that I came up with which was the kids are losing sleep is what the thing actually came from we've used it we put that on like shirts and stuff before so that's kind of our like long form band name in a lot of ways or kind of our like mo um was that is that the kids are losing sleep and that came i kind of came up with that idea from like it was kind of just a concept that i came up with of like it was 2017 2018 and like i don't know i find i was talking about this recently too with somebody that 2016 was like a really whack year <laughs> like a lot of this like the world was changing a lot really rapidly then and because harambe died yeah that's literally how that conversation uh, yeah. started <laughs> but <Yeah>. anyway <laughs> um so that was and we were you know i was 20 at the time and like we were really just in a a big transitional part of our lives and it was like kind of this idea that like everything's kind of fucked right now and things are so bad that even the kids are losing sleep was kind of the idea Mm. that like we're just a bunch of kids that like you know life's pretty simple for us but everybody's like everybody's depressed and everybody's got anxiety and kids are having mental health problems younger than ever and those kinds of ideas and i think that's even like more relevant now than ever yep but uh that that's kind of where that came from is that like just an acknowledgement that like things are you know not worse than they've ever been because in a lot of ways they're better than they've ever been too depending on what thing you choose to focus on but yeah it was kind of that idea that like we're a bunch of young dudes who are like struggling and we like recognize that we're struggling and that there's a lot of other like kids like us and kids younger than us that are dealing with shit that they shouldn't and that's kind of where that came from at the end of the day. Yeah. Are your lyrics also reflective of that ideology? I think so. Yeah, in like in some ways, I think. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it is kind of just song for song when, when you're talking lyrics, right? Let's talk about that. Let's <laughs> yeah. talk about songwriting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you all collaborating? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And are you sitting down and just pen to paper? Or are you kind of tinkering around on an instrument and seeing what happens? It's changed a lot. Yeah. We have, we, we'll do lots of different kind of methods. Yeah. Um, my, like, my most, like, basic form of songwriting is just, like, writing down cool things, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, something that just seems like a, a lyric or yeah. like what just could be line, like a title. title yeah. That's like most of our, most of the songs on our first EP were like just started out as like a note that was the title of the song. Yeah. Like, or, or, or ended up being like the chorus or something. Yeah. But oftentimes those ended up being the titles of yeah. the songs too. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it is just like, like the two of us sitting down and just whipping something yeah. up or like especially yeah. back then like on our first ep that yeah. we did a couple of years ago when we kind of first kind of came out with this band jared and i were pretty much sitting down with acoustic guitars and a notepad and kind of going to town that was how like that whole record was written and a lot of other stuff too um that's definitely changed a lot over the last year and kind of going back to what we were talking about like working in the pandemic and stuff changed a lot of that because we couldn't do that we couldn't be in the same room and that was when over that period of time was when I like really kind of basically learned to produce music myself. And like I mentioned earlier, like I work with other bands outside of our band now doing that and working on songs and recording and stuff. So a lot of our writing process has transitioned to that side of things in a lot of ways, too. So like I make a lot of like instrumental demos on my own that I'll like program drums for and play all the guitar, multiple guitars, and I'll track some bass and whatever. And I'll kind of give, and then I'll, we'll meet up and I'll be like, yo guys, I like, I made this yesterday. What do you guys think? And then if everybody's into it, we'll all start to work on it. Or maybe him and I will sit down and work on some vocals or I'll get his guitar in there to replace mine and those kinds of things. So that's how we've been doing a lot of things more recently, um, has been a bit more of that. Um, but I think now we're kind of doing a, a bit of both or we uh-huh. want to get back to doing a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like Zach, our drummer, who's not here right now, he's been doing a lot more of that too than ever before. Like he's yeah. always been involved in our writing process, especially like with his own parts and similar idea where I would write a basic drum part and give it to him be like, make this better. Cause I know you're gonna, but like he's been writing guitar parts and stuff and he's, writing his own like seeds of ideas and bringing them to us and we're turning those into songs and stuff too so it's been collaborative in a different way these days we'll have like a lot of just like writing at home and bringing it to the band or making a demo at home and bringing it to the other guys and that kind of stuff which is also really fun but uh yeah i think we're i would like to go back to kind of a hybrid of those things in a lot of ways too which we haven't really done in a long time so it's ever-changing yeah exactly and i think I like to try different methods as far as songwriting goes. Like outside of the band in the last year or so, I'd been doing a lot of just like co-writing sessions with other artists or I have like a couple side projects and stuff too, where I either myself or another producer would like make the whole instrumental or like basically come to the session with a finished track and we would just do what's called top lining is like just writing like the lyrics and vocal where you like sit down with two or three other guys and we listen to the track that whoever the producer has made and we all just kind of sing melodies out to each other and everybody's got their phone out and we're coming up with lines and that's more like kind of pop style writing you see that a lot more in the in the pop world but like i love doing that kind of stuff too and then i learn a lot 
doing that and like coming up with melodies and I'll bring that back to our band. And like at the end of the day, all of that stuff just kind of feeds back into our band. <laughs> For me, I learn a lot and all these other things and bring it back to huh. us. But there's the, there's always different ways to do it. So I'm always looking for new ones. But. And how did you get into the music world? We know uh, Jared's origin story here <laughs> with my buddy Hayden. Oh, my buddies. That's yes. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Hayden. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Halifax, um, which I'm actually the only one in our band that, like we're a Halifax-based band, but I'm actually yeah. the only one who like, I wasn't. I was born in St. John, New Brunswick. But Represent. Shout out to New Brunswick. Same yeah. hospital. True. Yeah. Jared and I were born in the same hospital. Nice. St. John fact. Regional, St. John baby. Regional. Switched at birth. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, but I'm, my family moved to Halifax when I was a baby. And um, I got into music because my dad's a musician at the end of the okay. day. Um, he, uh, he played in bands growing up. And uh, he like lived in Toronto for a little bit playing in a band and that kind of stuff. And he still plays in a band now. Shout out to American Eric. Um, Woo, nice. My first bar show. True. Quick tangent. Yeah. yeah. My first ever like legal bar show as a 19 year old young lad. American Eric. American at Eric at Gus's pub. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just got into music because my dad had guitars around and he was playing in a band when I was a little kid. And like my childhood best friend was my dad's bandmate's son yeah. <laughs> and those kinds of things. <laughs> so I like, I got my first guitar when I was four. For my fourth birthday, <laughs> it was a little three-quarter size electric blue Explorer. Pretty sick. It's still in my parents' basement. Um, and I just kind of just tinkered around, and my dad would teach me chords and that kind of stuff. Until I was 10 or 11, I started taking actual guitar lessons. And I did that all, and I took lessons all the way through until high, like through high school until grade 12, and then I went to college uh, where I met this guy. Um, and that was kind of my music, like education was that, but I joined my very, very first band. Uh, I was in grade six, I think with my older sibling and two dudes from their class. Uh, so I was in grade six and they were in grade like eight or nine or something at the time. <laughs> and it was also a school talent show. We had a gym teacher, uh, Mr. Williams who played guitar and he kind of like, knew that we were all into music and almost kind of put us together so we could play this talent nice. show at the school, <laughs> essentially. So it was Good me job, Mr. And, Williams. Yeah, shout yeah. out to Mr. Williams. Um, and so, yeah, it was me on guitar and my older sibling was singing and our buddy Bronson playing bass and Ian on drums. And we, he just kind of, yeah, brought us together and was like, you guys like all play. You should just like learn a couple songs and like, I'll help you like, you know, get, if you like need to rehearse at the school, like you guys can rehearse in the gym and stuff, which was super dope. And so, and he kind of helped us pick a few songs that he thought would be good for us. So we learned all the small things by Blink nice. and When I Come Around by Green Day <laughs> and Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. And nice. we played those three songs at our talent show. And at the time, for that one show only, the band was called Franklin for an <laughs> unknown reason. To one be time only. <laughs> fucking rules. For one time only, because then, so after that, those that same group of four dudes kind of stayed together for like junior high and whatever, and we were jamming and went through a number of different names. And that was when I kind of first started writing songs for the first time ever of just kind of like trying to basically like do my best impression of like a Tom DeLonge picky Blink-182 riff and put some power chords together and kind of figure it out. So that was kind of the first time of that. And we were still doing a lot of covers too, like playing some 41 songs, RIP, 
and that kind of stuff. And um, so that was that. And we went through a bunch of different names, the very last of which was The Staples, was where that kind of ended, which was named after our drummer's high school band teacher, David Staples, who's still a jazz musician in the city. Um, so that was that. And then that kind of ended when I was in grade like 10 or something, grade nine yeah, or so. A lot of music so, under your belt yeah, so, yeah, by I, high yeah, school. I was doing a lot. Yeah. So I like just kind of jammed with those dudes and that was where I really got my footing. And then when I was in grade nine and that kind of thing ended, uh, I started jamming with my other buddy, Jaden, who I'd met at a summer camp and he lived in the valley. And we kind of, that was when I, we really kind of started to get our own tastes in music. And I was getting into like heavier stuff and punk music and hardcore bands and stuff like that. And he was really into that. And my older sibling was really into that at the time too. And we kind of started jamming. And so Jaden and I were jamming and he brought in his cousin, Harley, and a couple other buddies. And we started a band called Sleep Shaker, which is still a band right now. Um, and that was my first like real band. And that was, we were kind of just fucking around as kids for the first like year or so. And we were really involved in the all ages scene in Halifax at a place called the pavilion, mm -hmm. which was uh, right next to the skate park in the commons, which was a dedicated all ages venue. Uh, also RIP. It's literally getting torn down as we speak. But, uh, that oh. was like really, really, really formative years for me. And like all those dudes in that in that band and like every person in that like punk scene in the kind of early 2010s was like, there was a, a really tight knit scene around the pavilion and sleep shaker was really involved in that. And that's where I really got my first start on like everything that I do now kind of stems from that. So like sleep shaker started playing at the pavilion. We linked up with hardcore bands from Ontario through that venue and through Chris Smith, who was the booker there. He got us our first tour with a band called Party Cat that I mentioned earlier. And that was, so I was 16 by then. We had been a band for like a year and a half, two years. Uh, we went on our first tour. Then my dad came with us to a whole bunch of shows because I couldn't get into the bars. Had to do like the underage yeah. performer forms and all that. So like shout out to my parents for letting me do that at all. <laughs> And coming along and getting us into the shows and stuff like that. So, like, they've always been super, super supportive of us in that way and still are. Um, so, yeah, I was in Sleep Shaker forever. Um, yeah, so we were touring and, yeah, we put out a record in 2017 that, like, actually did okay. We, like, put out a music video that did really well on YouTube. And that was my first kind of taste of, like, actual, like, success of some capacity so i was like 18 or something at the time and we put out a music video that got like a hundred thousand views on youtube and we were like what the fuck this is crazy mm -hmm. like we just like we were on tour we made this video in toronto for a thousand bucks with a buddy who's now directing music videos for universal canada shout out to alex but um yeah so that was kind of uh, the first like 10 years of me playing music from basically 14 Really up until like two, three years ago, that band kind of started to slow down. And those guys are all quite a bit older than me and have jobs and stuff. And we, yeah, we still jam and played a, like a 10 year anniversary show last summer and uh, or are still active in smaller capacities and whatever. But that was where I got my footing and had that first little bit of taste of what it kind of feels like to have people give a shit about your band a little yeah. bit and go to Toronto and have people 
in Ontario know who our band from Halifax is. And like, that was really exciting for us. So that was where I was like, I got this bug and I can't let that go. And I'm, you know, that was 10 years ago and then some now. And like, I'm the only one from that band who's like still doing music like full time in that regard. Cause I just like, that was when I got that itch that I just could not let go. And you're chasing the dragon chasing ever, the dragon since, ever since, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But then, yeah, so once that band kind of started to fizzle out was, like, really when Jared and I first met was when that was kind of happening anyway. Mm. So it really all kind of, it worked out that, like, that band, that band's kind of chapter was ending, and I was looking for something new, and we had just become really good friends, and that's when we kind of started writing together, and then college ended, and we were like, all right, let's do this, for real, because this is dope. Yeah. Yeah. You spoke earlier about now feeling like, like having recapped that. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like now you have found a flow of sorts. How do you know that that's happening for you? How does it feel different? Um, things are happening faster, like just straight up, like timeline wise. I feel like we're able to create a high level product or a product that we're happy with smoother and quicker than we had been before mm-hmm. so i think that's a big part of it but i think just the like the sense of fun uh-huh. and like just hanging out while we're working yeah and in a lot of ways it doesn't feel like new it does feel familiar because it's a place we've been before cool but it's mm. we're just we're here now with all of that behind us so i don't know we can look at it with a bit of a clearer head um yeah. I'm no, right. that's great. It's just that you have that sense of familiarity. You've you've been here before, so you recognize it when you found it again. Uh-huh. Yeah, cool. well, yeah. Because yeah. when we when we first started this band, like you know, late 2017, early 2018, and we like put out our first single and played our very first couple shows, like that, we were feeling that. Yeah. Band. Yeah. Things were going well for us right mm-hmm. out of the gate, and we were making music that we were all really happy with. And then the next two years happened, which we kind of talked about. And now that we're outside of that, we're like, yeah, this kind of feels the way it felt, you know, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think, yeah, I think just that, like the fun and the energy and the way things are just like, they're just rolling and we're rolling with it. And that's cool, you know? Yeah. And tell us about June 9th. June 9th. It's Kristen's birthday. Yeah. No they're, way. They're oh, really? tell me about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's it's dad's my dad's birthday, birthday too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, we can move on from that. Yeah. <laughs> that's definitely all that's happening on it's, June 9th. Yeah, it's big Andy Kristen yeah. double birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> no, we're going to be having our uh, EP release show at the Seahorse on June 9th. Yeah, so, you are. Yeah, that's very exciting. And when are you release? Tickets are live now. They are. They yeah. are live now. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Shows up. Uh, yeah. You can buy tickets at uh, at like all of our socials. You can just find the link to tickets and that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah. So we're putting out an EP, which is the first time we've released like a collection of songs in like three years or something like yeah. that. Um, we've kind of just been doing the singles thing for the last little bit um, as far as just like putting out a song here, putting out a song there and just kind of doing that. Um, but yeah, coming back into this year, we really wanted to like put out, uh, it's a smaller collection of works than our other ones, but of just like, these songs really work together and we wanted to put them out together, which was really interesting too, because some of them are old songs 
to us anyway and yeah. some of them are new as far as like when they were written like one of the two of the songs actually on yeah. this new record we wrote like were some of the first songs we like wrote together like yeah. jared and i sitting on acoustic guitars with a notepad in like 2018 that just didn't we were playing them live and they've changed a little since then and our, we record all of our own music ourselves uh, or mostly ourselves with our producer and mixer john mullane who uh, helps like he recorded our drums and stuff, but we record all of our like guitars and vocals and stuff mostly at my place. Um, and so we learn, we've learned a ton doing that over the last couple of years too. So like, we just didn't really feel like we were in a place where we could do these songs justice until now in a lot of ways too. So I think like, yeah, it's just been a really cool project to like take some really old songs and like the song that we just put out recently is like a song that I wrote like less than a year ago. And that's like cool too, you know? So it's just been exciting for us to to put a collection together because we haven't done that in a long time. So yeah, we're dropping the new record. It's called Holding Your Hand and Wasting Your Time. It comes out on June 9th and we're playing a show on the same day with uh, Rain Over St. Ambrose, who we actually played our very first show with. Yeah, which is exciting to, for us. So this is very full circle. Yeah, for so you yeah. Guys. it's a, it's yeah, a full circle moment, which, yeah. is, which is really cool. Yeah, so. also full circle. Like we're also playing with this band, Three Speed, um, which uh, my cousin Billy, um, he lives in Moncton. Um, he's that he's like the singer. That's his band, um, and uh, he was like in a punk band and stuff when I was just getting into music when he was like in, in high school, he's like a, like a year or two older than me. Um, and it was like this cool thing. He was like, I was just getting into green day and he was like in this punk band and he was doing the thing. Yeah. yeah. And so when I like finally, you know, like I moved here and we went through school and then when we actually like started the band and, and I had a, a real band, uh, we were always like, we got to play a show together. And this is like been going on for like, four or five years now um so it's finally happening we're finally playing our playing a show together it's very very awesome. exciting yeah, very exciting yeah. and you're and gonna play happy birthday you're gonna wear yes. suits with bow ties and you're gonna have a mascot and we're gonna do right. a kiss cover for yeah. andy hell of a show yeah. coming up yeah yeah also uh no it's fine is, is yeah and playing no, that fine. as well yeah so halifax's Hal official uh ep release show band they play everybody's release show. <laughs> it's awesome. it was it was a, a legit joke for a while there a couple i think it was like right before the pandemic there was like a year or so where every ep release show they were the opener on, yeah like hillsburn and the brood and nork and like social smokers club social smokers like there was every band yeah had because they're fucking awesome they're really original too i love that band but so we've and we've never played with them either, and I've seen them like yeah. a thousand times. So yeah. I'm very excited to be mm -hmm. ripping with everybody. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, phase two is off to a good start, boys. Yeah, sequel it's, era. Uh, yeah. It's uh, an amazing to see where where you're at right now and where it's gonna go. Who knows? But it's all all exciting. You guys are on the on an awesome trajectory and it's it's really cool to see just the the friendship the the what you're creating together and how it's all coming com coming to be so uh congrats and all that mm, thanks a lot yeah thanks, and man. yeah excited to to see where it goes and excited for june 9th for you much appreciated we are as well yeah it's been yeah. a blast yeah thanks so much for being here guys oh thank yeah, you yeah it's nice us. to get to know you a little more yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. this has been great we love we're both like big podcast heads in, yeah. in general yeah. like just yeah. as you know due to make and listen to music like constantly like we our podcasts are like 
our our thing as well that we like <laughs> yeah. just love to consume outside of music so we're love having like a local podcast to follow you guys are fucking awesome and yeah. just uh, so yeah it's been a pleasure to be here and uh yeah happy to be part of it well, sweet fellas congrats and uh, yeah looking forward to everything ahead likewise yeah. thank Cheers, you man. There you have it, folks. Another episode of Mike and Kristen under our belts. That's kids losing sleep. Owen and Jared, who we chatted with. Good times in the Maritimes. And Chicago. And Chicago. We're in Chicago right now. We're going to go have a slice of deep dish, maybe. Deep dish pizza. Yeah. Yummy. And what else is Chicago known for? Food-wise? Just in general. Windy. It's the Windy City. I think... That originally comes from uh, the politicians in Chicago being long-winded, actually. Ah. Nothing to do with wind. Like us. Yeah. Mobsters? No politicians. No, Chicago. Oh, yeah, they're known for that. Actually, Babyface Nelson, a famous gangster with Al Capone's from my hometown. He's from Broad Cove. Lester Gillis, he was born as. <laughs> I have a friend who did a project on him in school. Inverness is one of those places well, that just has endless connections to celebrities or people that just are that live there. So yeah, let's send this episode out to Lester Gillis himself. Babyface Nelson killed more people in America than, than most. Over and out. Okay, cheers, folks. Have an awesome day. <laughs>